Good morning. Good morning. Precious and wonderful students of our great Yeshiva, Magen David, Yeshiva High School. Once again, it is a great privilege for me to address the Tzaddikim and the Tzadkaniyot that fill this, well, this dated gymnasium, I'll say. Bezat Hashem will get a new building soon, and we'll be able to upgrade all our facilities. But I will tell you that a yeshiva is not about the aesthetics. What makes a yeshiva beautiful is its students. And if that's the case, we have the most beautiful furnishings and the most beautiful aesthetically nice and special. There are no students in the community like the students of Magen David, and you can give yourself a round of applause for that. So the Perashas Kitavo, and uh, I have an obligation to say something inspiring in the 11 and a half minutes that have been allotted. I hope I could succeed, So the Torah tells us about a law, although we don't fulfill it today, but there's a lesson that we could learn, and that's for sure, it's the law of Bikurim. Bikurim is first fruits. If you're a farmer, you have a piece of land, you plant trees in Israel, and all of a sudden, surprise, the first grapes emerge from the vine. So the Torah says you must take those first fruits and you must bring them to Jerusalem. You must put them in a basket. You must go to the Beit HaMikdash and you deliver it to the Kohen. And you tell the Kohen, heveti, Behold, I have brought the first of my fruits. The Gemara over here in Baba Kama says something that is going to surprise you. When I learned it many years ago, I almost fell out of my seat. So hold on. The Gemara says a rule. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Something that I thought was Benjamin Franklin. Little did I know that the Gemara said it. The rich always get richer. And unfortunately, the poor just keep on getting poorer. So the Gemara says, do you have a proof for this concept? He goes, absolutely. Because didn't we just say that you have to bring the fruit and you have to put it in a basket? Yes. So the Torah says, if a rich man comes to the Kohen with a basket of fruit, the Kohen takes the fruit and he gives the rich man back his basket. So the rich man gets to go home with his basket. But if a poor man comes to the Beit HaMikdash, the Kohen takes the fruit and says, I'm keeping the basket as well. Didn't I just tell you? The poor get poorer. It's not enough that he's a poor guy. The rich man walks away with his basket, with the tenet that the Torah calls it, and the poor man, he loses it. And the question, of course, I ask our members this morning, is it fair? The Torah is all about justice. The Torah is all about doing the right thing, doing what's proper. It's not enough that the poor guy is impoverished. He doesn't have. Now you add insult to injury. You take his basket. Poor guy, let him go home with something. Think of an answer. I'm going to offer you two answers this morning. 
תודה רבה. סבלים על ענן. ברוך אתה אדוני אלוהינו מלך העולם שיקום יום ברוך. סבלים על ענן זה ג'וק. אמרו אפילו שתי תשובות. אני חושב שהם תשובות תשובות. אני ראיתי אותם בבית. תשובות נמבר אחד. Let's talk about the fruit for a minute. A rich man. A rich man has a beautiful garden, probably has a built-in sprinkler system that goes on three times a day in order to sprinkle the lawn. He probably has gardeners that come twice a week and fertilize the, uh, the field you know, with the latest, the latest technology. And he probably has you know, cutting-edge uh, gardening and farming and agriculture. So you could imagine... When the fruit of the rich man finally emerges, it's probably what they call in the FDA, grade A. It's a beautiful product because he could afford to invest in the field. But what about the poor man? Well, he doesn't have a sprinkler system. He's probably carrying a little bucket of water every day, if that. And he has to make his own mulch, his fertilizer. And he doesn't have the best, you know, uh, uh, technology, obviously, at his disposal. So when the fruit of the poor man come out, I'm sorry to tell you, it's probably grade C. Nothing, uh, nothing to call home about, nothing really special. Fine, but the Torah says, whatever your field produces, bring. Now we get to the Beit HaMikdash. And all of a sudden, the rich man comes in with his basket, gives it to the Kohen, and the Kohen takes out the beautiful grapes. And everybody says, wow, look at those grapes. Beautiful. We never saw such like this. And he gives the rich man back the basket and everybody's ooing and eyeing. And now you know what the poor guy's doing? He's saying, I hope they don't take my grapes out of the basket. Because if they take my grapes out of the basket, I'm going to get embarrassed because my grapes look like the Shabbat. My grapes look miserable. They don't look anything like that. You know what the poor guy's saying? I hope the Kohen will just keep the basket and not showcase what's inside so he doesn't embarrass me. The Kohen sees the poor man and right away knows what's inside. And the last thing the Kohen wants to do is take them out so everybody can see, miskeen. So what does the Kohen tell the, 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 the poor man? You don't mind if I keep your basket? Absolutely, keep the basket. And he winks at him. What did the Kohen do by taking the basket of the Kohen, of the Ani? He saved his dignity. He didn't embarrass him. So it's true the poor get poorer, but in this case, it's to their advantage. You see how much the Torah is concerned in not to humiliate somebody, not to embarrass. The rich man has no problem that they take his fruit out. Let everybody see it. But the poor man, the last thing he wants is to be shamed that look what he's bringing. That's all he can afford. Don't embarrass him. Let the queen keep the basket. Don't take anything out. Shalom on Yisrael. Is the first answer understood? Unanimous? Okay, good. Let it be, let it be passed. Now we'll give the second interpretation. Which I happen to like the second interpretation just as much as the first, to be honest with you. Let's talk again about this Bikurim story. I'm going to give you two stories. So you have a rich man, <clears throat> he has a field, produced fruit, he tells his wife, we got to go to Jerusalem to, uh, to, you know, to drop off the Bikurim. So they jump, jump on a plane, of course they sit first class, they land in Ben Gurion Airport, and now the taxi picks them up, 
Taxi, where are you going? Uh, King David Hotel, please, Jerusalem, of course. Gets to the King David, comes to the concierge. Oh, Baruch Abba, Chawaja, Baruch Abba, special man. Uh, he has the presidential suite on the top floor. And the uh, concierge said, what's, what's in the bag? I got some grapes. What are you doing with those grapes? Uh, tomorrow, I, before I go to, uh, you know, touring, I got to make a pit stop at the Beit HaMikdash and give the Kohen uh, grapes. By the way, uh, I got to get a basket. Torah you got to get a basket. Is, uh, is, the, is, the, is the H. Stern in the lobby of the King David, is it open? Uh, yeah, what time is it open until 10 o'clock? They still sell those silver, beautiful uh, baskets? Oh, absolutely. You know what? Concierge, do me a favor. Me and my wife have dinner reservations tonight. Could you go downstairs to the lobby of Stern? Here's my credit card. Tell them we want the nicest basket they have. Do me a favor. Just put it uh, next to my door. You know, better. Can you let one of the maids of the hotel put the grapes in, make it nice, put some cellophane, put some streamers, make it, you know, make, make it pretty over there. Put it in a box. I'm too busy. You know, we have, uh, like I said, dinner reservations, and I can't be bothered with this uh, stuff over there. The next day... Of course, he'll make his way to the Beit HaMikdash. That's A. Now let's talk about another story. The poor man. He tells his wife, takes his measly grapes, <laughs> the Tisha B'Av grapes, and he says, now we've got to go to Jerusalem. He cannot afford to take, not a plane, not first class, not uh, business class. He can't even sit in coach. So he gets on his horse and uh, donkey, whatever it may be, and he makes the trek to Jerusalem. He's not staying in a hotel. He's lucky if he can stay in a hostel. He can stay in a small little, you know, small little place, small little joint, as we call it. And now he's with his wife, and they're all excited. Well, tomorrow's the big day. Tomorrow's the big day. We're going to get to see the Kohen, and we're going to get to give him the, the grapes. So the wife says, oh, wait, my dear husband, I remember learning in Mag and David, we need a, we need a basket. Oh, I have no more money. Already this trip took all that I have now. Now we need more uh, basket. I saved the little money that I have for the taxi to get to the hotel tomorrow morning. Where are we going to get money for a basket? They go outside the hotel room, and all of a sudden they see old lulavim from Sukkot that people threw in the, uh, in the street. The wife said, I remember I used to go to camp. They taught me lanyard. You remember the girl lanyard used to make? We'll make a, a basket out of, the, out of the leaves of the lulav. So they take the leaves and they start cutting them off, cutting them in half. And now the husband and the wife, the project, project night, and they're weaving in and out, in and out, in and out. Oh, no, it's not good. Let's cut it. They cut it, make it nice, and weaving, weaving. We make a little beautiful little basket made out of lunavim. Net value, 15 cents, if maybe. And they're so proud of it. They worked on it the whole night, and now they say, wait, we have to put the grapes in. Well, let's get something. So they take a little paper, and the lady makes a little picture of like a smiley face on the paper. She puts it on the bottom of the basket over there, and they put sign on the outside, the, you know, we love you, Kohen, and little things like that. And they put it in the basket, and they say, wow, something, something special. Now they go to the Beit HaMikdash the next day, and the, the rich man standing there with his H. Stern basket, all fancy and all that, silver. And you got the poor guy next to him with his little, uh, you know, <laughs> his little Mishloach Manot, his little basket with the, with the lulavim over there, and you see the rich guy turn to his wife, look at these people over here. What hotel do you think they're staying in over there? They're not embarrassed, and you see the, the rich man, the poor guy says, whoa, I never saw such a thing. He has to put his sunglasses on. He never saw something so shiny before. Now they stand online. The Kohen sees the rich man. He knows exactly how much effort he put into that basket. You know how much effort he put into that basket? Zero. Exactly, you know that. Zero. You know what the Kohen says? Do me a favor. Your grapes I'll keep because I have no choice to keep it. But 
God is not interested in something that you did not work and exert effort. Keep your basket, take it home. The poor man comes along at the coin and sees, wow. I mean, the fruit are okay, but this basket is what we call in America a labor of love. This is something you did with your sweat and tears. You probably stayed up the whole night. The Quran says, tell me how you made it. Oh, we spread the lulavim, and we lanyarded it, and we went inside, and we went outside, and we and I love the colors of it. And the Quran says, do me a favor, this is so special. Can I keep it? This is something that is valued to God. Because in God's world, he doesn't value the result. The value is the journey, how you got there. In God's world, it's not that you just had it done. It's that you do it yourself. The Mishnah says in Pirkei Avot, Lefum Sa'ara. Wow, silence. Agram. That's the rabbis. I know the rabbis know it. Lefum Sa'ara Agra. According to the pain, the gain. And remember this lesson in Judaism. God doesn't only look that the mitzvah was done. He wants to see your involvement. Did you labor in it? It's not enough to have the table set for Shabbat if the maid set the table. You can't be proud of that and say, look at the table, three glasses, three forks, six this types of dishes. No, But who did it? Borei Olam would rather a more modest table that was set by the boys and girls of the yeshiva and not done by others. I once saw, and I'll conclude with this, an advertisement in one of the community magazines. I won't say which one it is. I mean... In the course of the year, I'll probably tell you what the name is, but for now, I won't. And what did it say? There was a lady, she was a caterer. She's trying to sell her food, a maza for Shabbat, whatever it is. So she writes, why hassle yourself and cook for Shabbat? Just call 1-800-MAZA and we'll deliver it hassle-free. I got very offended. Is cooking for Shabbat hassle? Is preparing for Shabbat Kodesh a bother? Has shalom. Our grandmothers, they touched every single food that was on the table. They hand-baked it. Once, my mother brought to my grandmother something that was bought in a store. And my grandmother very politely said, just keep it in the kitchen. We do not bring this to the That's the old-timers. The old-timers was a labor of love. Now, I'm not saying we have to go to that extreme of the old-timers. But do not delegate mitzvot to others. Borei Olam doesn't care if the mitzvah doesn't come out perfect. But he looks, is the person in that mitzvah? Is there love in that mitzvah? Is there energy? Is there the person's cohort uh, 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 in that mitzvah? If it is, even though it might be grade C, but in God's world, it's grade A. So we learn a great lesson. The poor get poorer, but that's actually a compliment. Either we take his basket not to show everybody his fruit so he doesn't get embarrassed, or we keep his basket because God said, that's the best gift that I could receive. Shabbat shalom and meborah.